Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo with the Education in Naba program with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. Yes, alhamdulillah, it is Sunday, the 18th of October 2015, corresponding with the 4th of Muharram 1437. Now, this evening, inshallah, we are just after the Waqt of Maghrib. We are going to be chatting to educational psychologist, Dr. Yusuf Lalkin. And we're going to be speaking about emotional intelligence, uh, particularly within the context of education. That will take us up through to the Waqt of Isha, inshallah. Now, Isha package this evening uh, goes around just after 7 or just uh, the after, inshallah. Um, but it can't be after seven. It should be yeah. It's after seven, right? Oh, no, it can't be. Anyway, I'll I'll give that again, and then inshallah, uh, that will be around after eight years, at about fourteen minutes past eight. Our pre-package for the uh, Isha Adan will start, and then we will have in studio Maulana uh, Abdul Khalik Ali and members of the Jamiatul Ulama. Just to give us an update, I believe they are visiting the shores of Cape Town, uh, just to see, just to share a bit more about what is happening there, as well as with Sheikh Shahid Isa. But before I greet my guest. I want to chat to Yasira quickly. Yasira, one of the articles that caught my oh, Let me just greet Yasira, my co-presenter. Yasira, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, Yasira, I'm going to leave the question of how your week has been uh, because we are getting a bit late into the program. Uh, but one of the articles that caught my eye in the Cape August was tests begin despite union objections. Now, I'm sure these are, are these actually the ENAs or are these the systemic evaluations that they're referring to? The systemic evaluations, Ridwan. I think, you know, what has happened is they were saying, look, the ENAs are not testing what they're supposed to be testing. Also, the intervention that accompanies the ENAs has been almost non-existent over the past few years. Um, and the same could be then said for systemic. However, there's different views, um, be it from educators and unions, Ridwan, regarding the systemic test that takes place. And I think it started on Okay, shukran for that, Yashira. And obviously we're saying that we must differentiate between what is happening with regards to the ANA, which is your annual national assessments. And in terms of the newspaper article, it says that COSATU has given its support to the South African Democratic Teachers Union to oppose the annual national assessments. Uh, obviously we're chatting this evening about the systemic evaluation, uh, which is a separate process, which is systemic tests. And this began on Wednesday mm-hmm. and they are written by grade three six and nine pupils so it is going ahead obviously despite union objections correct Ridwan um, there has been some uproar with some educators saying look the systemic basically tests the same that the ANAs are testing so I um, you know oppose the one and then write the other so there is that kind of you know uncertainty that is taking place with educators Ridwan however you know the systemics has begun and there are numerous schools who has partaken in the systemic test Ridwan okay shukran for that Yashira and then just also just to wish our matric Everything of the best, inshallah. I believe that uh, on Tuesday they'll be starting, uh, particularly those who will be mm-hmm. writing the CAT, which is your computer applications technology. They're starting on Tuesday, inshallah. So, to all our matriculants, you know, everything of the best, inshallah. And hopefully, maybe sometime next week, we will just have an entire program focused, you know, on our matriculants, inshallah. But we certainly want to wish them everything of the best. Now, just to remind our listeners once again that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS. SMS to the number 47913, the SMS line 47913. Now we have in studio, as I said, Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educator.
educational psychologist. Uh, Doctor, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam to you, Ridwan, and to you, Yasira, and a belated Muharram Mubarak to you. Shukran. Shukran. And the exact same uh, to you, Doctor, and Shukran. your loved ones, inshallah. Now, Doctor, as we said, you know, we're going to be just uh, chatting again this evening and just almost kind of wrapping up our discussion around emotional intelligence. And this evening, we will be focusing on emotional intelligence within the schooling context. Absolutely, Ridwan. May I just, in the spirit of the New Year and Muharram, um, share with you maybe a little uh, experience I've had over the uh, weekend. In fact, on Friday at the at the Juma Khutbah. Mm-hmm. I don't often use the Khutbah as an example, example for yeah. anything, unfortunately. But I think it's you know sometimes the messages are that good that we need to share it. And in this particular instance, Ridwan, the the Maulana had spoken about the significance of using the Hijra as the pivotal event in Islam that mm-hmm. stipulates the beginning of the Islamic mm-hmm. calendar and why that event in particular as opposed to other great events in Islam to be used for the beginning of the Islamic calendar and he said that the Hijra kind of in many ways uh, signifies the spirit of Islam mm. And one of the dimensions that he raised at this particular uh, khutbah was the spirit of sharing, of empathy, and of caring for others. Mm-hmm. He said the whole spirit around the hijra was the people of Medina welcoming the Sahaba and the prophets, uh, mm-hmm. peace and mm-hmm. blessings mm-hmm. be upon him, uh, with open arms and sharing with him. And in the course of the discussion, he used many examples to illustrate the notion of empathy mm. and the notion of altruism, which is, and I'm sure Rida one's going to ask me, what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, empathy is simply the, the, uh, un, the, the, the feeling for the other person. It's understanding, and in this particular instance, how the people of Medina felt how the people from Makkah must have felt leaving the family and coming all the way to Medina. Mm-hmm. And altruism is your ability not just to feel, but to act on that feeling mm-hmm. okay. and to do good for somebody else. And so the whole khutbah was around those two concepts. And at that point, it went very well with the, with the congregation. Um, and at one point, he said, you know, we spend, and this is his actual words, he said, we spent 12 years of our children's schooling bolstering there. IQ mm. and he said we neglect the EQ mm. and of course for the benefit of the congregation he says that is emotional intelligence and in a way you almost connected the notion of emotional intelligence with the very spirit of Islam yeah. and that is to feel for other pers- people and to do good towards other people mm. and that's exactly what I think we need to do within our schools and there is a connection obviously <coughs> between that notion of of emotional intelligence. In fact, he went one point further and he said his interpretation and his definition of emotional intelligence is your readiness to embrace that which is good for you Mm -hmm. and your resistance to that which is bad for you. Now, when we look in the context of the schools, our children seem to be making very, very poor choices. Mm. In fact, they do just the opposite. And they're unwilling to embrace that which is good for them in terms of whatever program the school offers. And they're more ready to embrace that which is not good for them. Mm. So, in fact, the definition of IQ that he had sort of raised at the Khutbah, I think it's pretty close to the kind of definition I would like to see within the context of uh, 
emotional intelligence within schools. Mm-hmm. No, well, shukran for that, Doctor. And it seems quite interesting just to remind our listeners once again that you can participate in the program by sending us your comment via the SMS line to the number 47913. And we have in studio with us educational psychologist Dr. Yusuf Lalkin and my co-presenter Yasira Adonis, who's an occupational therapist by profession. So once again to remind our listeners, if you would like to make contact with Dr. Lalkin, you can contact him during office hours on the number 021-637-6831. Now, Yasira, before I go back to Dr. Maybe just a quick comment uh, from your side on what Dr. just shared with us. Shukran, Ridwan. I think it's so amazing that, you know, we live our lives always con you know, consumed by what society expects of us and, and we're living in a, a society now where things that, you know, may not be good for your child but also be good for your child is kind of yeah. promoted and I think we spoke much around, um, you know, cyber technology and, and cell phones and tablets and, you know, what they actually do with the devices and the knowledge that is gained by using the, these devices the pros and the cons and then you know islam being um what it is has always promoted this kind of peace and peace be upon you and being able to you know if if we're looking at our neighbors if our neighbors aren't hungry you know who would go hungry in the world um and that kind of kindness and empathy has always been what we have put out there and you know the maulana is correcting saying we might not link it that way, but that is what Islam is, being able to understand beyond ourselves, you know, what the world is made of and to be able to give over and act in that regard. That's why we give sadaqah and, you know, we go help out at the masjid and we provide all these, you know, community um, readiness, I would say, um, within our deen, um, but we never bring it to our schools. Our schools is kind of like a silo where children just kind of act on curriculum and social norms as prescribed by times and we're losing our children and and we seem to forget that we're losing them um if mm. the report card comes you know we don't ask them so have you helped a friend today or how's your relationship with your friends going aren't you going to do, go out to do something fun we hog down the fact that they didn't get an A or a B or they're not succeeding yeah. at school and we grossly neglect themselves, <coughs> the child self, um, in relation to what they're going to need when they grow yeah. up. So yeah. life skills has clearly yeah. not been something um, that has been on top of the list, Ridwan. Yeah. Now, okay, shukran for that, Yasira. Doctor? Yeah, <laughs> and, and the, the point is, uh, Ridwan, that despite what is happening in our schools, if you ask any educator, if you ask any policymaker or anybody at head office, what is it that you'd like to see happening in our schools? Mm. The chances are they'll probably raise four or five issues, and not necessarily in this order, but probably in this order. The first thing they'll say is, we would like to see improved academic results within our schools. Mm. And then they will add, but they will never follow up on the, the other things that they mentioned. They will say, we want to see improved attitude and behavior amongst our learners. Mm-hmm. Implying that beyond the notion of achievement, we'd like to see children motivated. We'd like to see children participating in the class. We'd like to see them involved in the school and participating in the extracurricular, benefiting fully from that, that experience. Mm-hmm. They'll say that. The third thing they'll say is, we'd like to see fewer negative behaviors amongst our learners. Mm. In other words, we don't want to see children disrupting the classroom mm. with uh, bad behavior. We'd like to see compliance with the teacher, following instructions, uh, minimize violence and aggression. They'll mm. say that. And the fourth thing they'll say is, we want our students to be happy. We don't want them to be filled with anxiety and stress and depression. So any educator, <coughs> worthy salt, will, will not stop 
at, uh, academic achievement, but we'll add the other things, mm. and yet we don't act on those. Mm. In fact, we completely neglect those. In fact, we don't see, unfortunately, the connection between the last three and the first one. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that more books and longer teaching hours is the only thing that can turn around academic achievement. Mm. And the link between your attitude and your behavior, the, the minimizing of negative behavior, and the minimizing of stress can all contribute towards improved academic performance. We neglect that part of the whole process completely. Mm-hmm. Shukran for that, Dr. Andat. We're going to go for a quick ad break and when we come back we'll continue with the program called The Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Studio with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. And a very big shukran to Butaish Mahal Falanda, our technician for this evening. And if you have just joined us, we are joined in the studio by Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. And this evening we are chatting about emotional intelligence, uh, particularly within the school environment. Just a reminder to our listeners that you can. And participate in the program by sending us your comment via the SMS line to the number 47913 the SMS line 47913 but we will deal with them just maybe towards the end of the program so I want to acknowledge an SMS from 0292 that says Assalamu Alaikum is it true that matric Yep, learners, and that is YIP. Uh, yes, I was that again. That's uh, years in phase. Years in phase. Uh, can only write three subjects now, and is this a national directive? Now, we've got a response on that, but do stay tuned. We will um, deal with that maybe just towards the end of this particular segment, inshallah. So, Doctor, where do we continue our discussion now? Well, Rida one, I'd like to introduce maybe another concept, and maybe it is promoted in our schools, and Yasira can mm-hmm. maybe comment on that. So, when we talk about. Um, emotional intelligence within the school context, there's a concept called social and emotional learning. Mm. And the idea of social and emotional learning is to introduce a program in the school or a process within the school in which both the learners and the educators, Mm -hmm. and so it's not a program that's exclusively for one and not the other, because clearly we need to have a kind of synergy between what it is that we expect of the learners and what it is that we do Mm -hmm. in order to promote that. So social emotional intelligence in Ridawan is the process through which the learners and the educators acquire the knowledge, the skills, and the attitude necessary for them to develop this emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what is it that we define as social-emotional intelligence in particular? Again, we're talking about something that is, in fact, relevant to performance. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's not isolated from performance. And we'll chat about maybe later on in the program the connection between maths and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first thing, obviously, that we want to create amongst our staff in the schools and amongst the learners is an understanding of how you can manage emotions. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to just create a picture either one because for the last couple of weeks we've been talking about how challenging it is for a parent to manage one child, Mm -hmm. two children, three children. 
They're actually your children. So your capacity for tolerance it's and high, endurance yeah. is extremely high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want you to translate, and that's for a couple of hours a day, in the morning and in the evening and sometimes over weekends. Now, I want you to imagine what it's like for an individual to manage the emotions of 30 to 40 individuals every single day from Mondays to Fridays, from 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock. The expectation that there wouldn't be any blow up is unrealistic. Mm. The expectations that everybody will be calm and cooperative and compliant is completely unrealistic. Unless you recognize that we need to do something about it so that it can be a Mm. compliant, happy, cooperative environment. If you ignore the need to work towards that, then everything else you're going to do is bound to fail. So I just want to link the two. Mm -hmm. The home is one issue, and we already, people were saying, is it possible, you asked the question, that for a parent to be kind and gentle and responsive and supportive of children in particular situations, you may then ask that question again, is it possible for a teacher to remain calm from Mondays to Fridays with 40 kids in the class? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes, it is possible, but you actually have to do something about Mm. it. So the first thing obviously is social emotional intelligence is about understanding and managing your own emotions, both the child and the teacher and the principal Mm -hmm. within the school. To sit, I think, and achieve positive goals. In other words, emotional intelligence is not about not doing anything and only feeling. So you must be able to regulate that emotion in order to get to an outcome. And what is it then that we want to see Mm. happening in the school? Again, we want everybody to be happy. We want to decrease violence, decrease bullying, more involved in lessons, finding it challenging, finding it meaningful, put up your hand when you don't know, be not to be afraid to Mm. ask a question. All of those things are goals that we can set and we need to work towards that. And then, of course, the whole notion of empathy. Learning is essentially, Ridwan, a cooperative exercise. Mm-hmm. At the very basic level, it's a cooperation between the teacher and the learners. But at other levels, it's cooperation amongst learners towards achieving goals. Mm. And we can make learners help each other achieve classroom goals we want to achieve as a class and we can help each other to get there so it's a it's about empathy and it's about altruism Mm. that can happen within the class it's about establishing relationships and we know a source of strife from grade one (laughs) i see patients in grade one whose parents bring them to me because there's fighting and there's arguments and there's bullying and there's poor relationship Mm. in grade one. This one doesn't like me. This one talks about me. Uh, This one doesn't want to be my friend. There's no effect. There's no attempt to create positive relationships amongst our learners in our schools. Mm. We ignore that completely. And finally, the one thing we want all our children to do is to be in a position to make responsible decisions. Well, if you have no self-knowledge, if you have not worked with other people, how can you get to a point of, in fact, making good, responsible decisions? Mm-hmm. for that. Just to remind our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47913. Now, there's an SMS here from 6945, and it says, Assalamu alaikum, doctor. Shukran for hitting the hammer on the nail. 
and Muharram Mubarak to you. So, very big shukran to our listeners for their participation to the program called the Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape. Now, Yasira, doctor's given us an you know a sense, just a quick comment from your side. Shukran, Didwan. I think Doc and I have been hopping on this for the for the last few segments, and what we are saying is that, you know, the child that you had twenty years ago in sub A, because there was no grade R or grade one, um, is a very different child that you have now. Um, somehow, Ridwan, and, and you know, if Doc and I can, can point our fingers on it, I think it would resolve a lot of problems. But that time's children had the sense of themselves to say, look, what did I do wrong? Um, why can't we be friends? There was no running to the teacher immediately and saying, you know, they don't want to talk to me or they don't want to play with me. You never had that sense, you know, a couple of years ago. What is taking place now is our children are so evolved in um, thinking in a different way. The thinking patterns are different where they can immediately identify um, groups and class and gender and, you know, all the things that we want to remove within a classroom environment. And in forced diversity, they identify on site. Now, it's a very weird analogy, Ridwan, and, you know, it's mind-boggling for those in education because in your mind you're thinking, when are they going to say, why must we jump around the circle, in the circle, or through the circle? They're not dressed like me, teacher, so I want to stand here with those who are dressed with me. In grade one, it's a phenomenon that blows your mind because you can see where that kind of behavior and attitude leads to. And those are the children who won't put their hand up for not understanding. Those are the children who would go through school um, without developing any kind of empathy towards somebody in the classroom helping. The camaraderie at sports is different. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we isolate this, this, this event. Um, that camaraderie is different. I remember when we were at high school, it was awesome to win. But our other friends went to different high schools and you would interact with them and sit with them and chat with them. It wasn't you stay by your school. So we're evolving in a manner in which we cannot pinpoint where or what exactly went wrong. Mm-hmm. But we know the source and we know what to do about it. But somehow, somewhere along the line, children are no longer cohesive within a classroom Mm. they are no longer able to understand each other's needs so the ability to make a concession when playing with a puzzle is totally gone this is mine i had it we don't share Mm. and this is what we perpetuate from grade one even in grade r right through and it's very difficult for the educator to bring that down because constraints and time does not allow that type of participation because of the administrative pressures. Yeah, Doctor? Well, you know, Yasira's made a couple of very interesting comments. And, and the one thing I just want to latch on is this idea. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an idea that if it's the theory that you yeah. propose, <laughs> that somehow our children have evolved to a degree where a lot of things that we had taken for granted are no longer there. Yeah. And so, for example, we used to be a fairly cohesive community. We used to be a fairly cohesive school. Yeah. We had similar backgrounds and everything, but knew what had to happen yeah, and how it had to happen. Mm-hmm. And because we are a democracy and we blessed with diversity, I don't think the Department of Education has recognized the diversity as being a challenge and a promise Mm. and unless we recognize the challenge and work with it the promise will not be fulfilled so here you have a group of learners very aware of differences very much acutely aware and nobody's helping them make sense of it Mm -mm. 
Here we have a group of children who've been told all along that everything is up for negotiation and nobody, there's nobody to negotiate, negotiate with. <laughs> So we encourage our learners in one direction, but nobody is supporting them in developing no the notion of yeah. diversity and tolerance and negotiations and empathy and altruism, the kinds of things that they are willing to do. Mm. And the idea the one is that, and, and I was just, uh, while you were talking, I was thinking about the studies that I read one day about the need to please others and to do for others is innate. It's not socially oh, yes, conditioned. It's innate, yeah. and, they, and, and there's one study, you know, 18-month-old children. Mm-hmm. When an adult walks with something heavy, they will leave their toys and come over to see if they can help. If an adult stands with their books or something heavy in front of a closed 18 door, months. At 18 months to two years, they will get up and they will come over and see if they can help. And that is... That is a quality that we ignore as almost innate in children. In fact, what we do is we destroy it. Mm-hmm. We say don't. We destroy yeah. it by saying don't. We destroy it by not encouraging it. We destroy it by not promoting it. Okay, can we hold that thought? We're going to go for a quick ad break. And when we come back, we'll continue with the program called the Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the program called The Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. And if you have just joined us, we are joined in the studio by Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. And we're continuing our discussion around social emotional intelligence. And I think one of the points that has been raised is that children have really evolved. Now, there's another SMS very quickly from 5998 and it says, Assalamu alaikum. Pressure on schools to perform. Teachers in a rat race, we forget about the child's interest in the race. And that comes from Rushana Fisher. So a very big shukran to our listeners and obviously Rushana also one of our avid listeners uh, to the program called Education in Dawa here on The Voice of the Cape. Now, Doctor, back to you quickly. Real one, I think Yasira has almost hit the nail on the head as the previous listener had indicated. And that is that our children are open to growth, they're open to development, they want to be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural it's instinct. A natural instinct yeah. To be cooperative and to be nice and to appreciate the other person's point of view is something that is innately there with every child. The question then is why do we ignore it and why do we make the assumption that there is a disconnect between a happy learner and a high achieving learner? Mm-hmm. If you're happy and if you're comfortable and if you feel secure and safe, the chances are you will learn much better. You will achieve the kinds of grades that the rat race demands of you and that the department wants of you. Mm-hmm. But if you're unhappy, you're unlikely to achieve that. And so we do a disservice to our learners in all our schools yeah. when we ignore the need to be safe. They need to feel uh, appreciated. They need to feel able to talk and to ask questions as part of the learning process. So what I'd like to to maybe raise with the one, and maybe that will resonate with a lot of listeners. People say, well, what's the connection between math and emotion intelligence? <laughs> what's, the, what's the connection yeah. between... Uh, numeracy because mm. we want we want our country to be good at maths and science and yet we fail in dismally dismally and if you ask any learner they say i'm afraid of maths 
Well, I should be one of those. <laughs> I'm afraid of maths. And, uh, you know, the number of times I've heard that from children, yeah. and I wonder why Yes. are you afraid? Mm. When did this start? Yeah. And who is promoting this fear? Exactly. For exactly. you in maths. Yeah. And I realized that the very elements of emotional intelligence is absence. If you look at the desired outcome for maths in any, any uh, program, whether locally or national, internationally, they'll say, we want to teach our children to persevere and problem solve. They don't say you must know all the proofs in geometry yeah. or no trigonometry. They say it's to problem solve and to persevere. Mm -hmm. Well, problem solving and perseverance is an emotional <coughs> skill. Exactly, Doc. And so if you want a child to succeed in maths, he must first of all not fear the idea that I can't. Mm -hmm. He must be hopeful, mm -hmm. he must be uh, optimistic, mm -hmm. he must have a teacher that's supportive mm. and encouraging, yeah. and he must be f feel free to ask a question without anybody saying to him, that's a stupid, stupid. question, yeah. that's a wrong answer, mm. and laugh at him. Mm -hmm. And so all of those elements over a period of 12 years in our schools where children have been laughed at, children have been teased and mm. mocked, Mm -hmm. People have been put down for giving wrong answers. People have been put down for um, not understanding. Standing, yeah. Has, re has evolved. Yes, oh, definitely. The very idea that I can't do maths. Funny enough, it has evolved no longer just a perception, but a characteristic trait. And, and, and that in itself is scary that, you know, within our children, this trait exists. I remember when I was in high school um, and we were doing patterns and all these kinds of, you know, funny things. I totally forgot mess. Mess is the one subject for me, too, that when it was done, it was done. Mm. You, you don't go back. Is we had a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. And the educator was saying, mix it up. I'll mix it up. And we'll look at the patterns that has developed from that. Now, you're thinking to yourself, how is this going to help me? I don't understand the actual patterns and functionings that we're doing at, you know, at school. Mm. Funny enough, it was a different approach. It was a different way to help us understand what a pattern is mm. and how one anomaly can change a pattern. Yes. But there's no longer time for that. Yeah. And, the, and the characteristic trait that is out there around mathematics is either you can or you can't. Yes. And if you can't, you're going to do math lit or mm. you're going to do some social sciences and you, and you won't have to yeah. do mathematics. Yeah. <coughs> so the fear is now inherent. Um, before you even have the opportunity to say, look, this is maybe not something I would like to do at school. I'd like a different subject. That already exists. Yeah. And so the outcome is presented without any um, testing taking place before mm. that. Any kind of assessment, the child doesn't have the opportunity to problem solve or to persevere. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. know, we'll just take yeah. the cream of the crop. Yeah. The, the irony, the one, is that if there's one subject matter that requires a high level of emotional intelligence, it's in the maths teacher. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yet the approach to maths has always been this right and wrong. It's do or die. It's sink or swim. It's make or break. Yeah. And inevitably, no gray area. there's no gray area in between. And just the manner in which you respond to somebody at the very inception of learning maths will make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. By just simply saying, I disagree with that rather than that's a stupid answer. Yeah. There's another way to look at it rather than to say that's a wrong answer. Mm. But the minute you start putting that kind of block into a child's mind right at the beginning of the process of learning, he will be reluctant to challenge himself 
and to challenge you, which is what we want children to do in our schools. Yeah, exactly. Dr. maybe it's just the, the, the question, you know, to my mind, you know, how ready are we then either as parents for one or as educators uh, knowing that the, our children are evolving. I mean, we've got educators who's been, who are currently in the system for many, many years, and they will tell you now how the child has actually changed, or the type of child, uh, as both you and Yasira pointed out, have actually changed over the years. So how ready are our educators out there, you know, in terms of their emotional intelligence to know what the child is going through? Yeah. Well, you know, really one, the responsibility is not exclusively that of the teacher in the classroom, mm-hmm. although that's where the service has to be rendered. It has to be something that's recognized by the management at the school, first of all. Mm-hmm. So it must be led by the principal in terms of how he sees social and emotional intelligence and how willing he is to implement this program in the school. And, of course, it depends on the departmental officials who monitors what the principal does in the school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to put the burden exclusively on the teacher as to what it is that they should be doing, it's ignoring the kind of support yeah. they're going to require from management and from district and national departments in order to make this thing work. But constantly there's this dual message. With any single teacher who says, that's a good idea. Maybe I should do it. Immediately that passion is going mm. to be shot down by the kinds of demands that the department makes on that parent, on that teacher for, for results. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My just uh, attention very quickly to the SMS line. There's an SMS here from 8447. It says, Assalamu alaikum to the people in the studio. There is no respect and concern for each other as learners. And that comes from Brother Sharif. Can I just say to Brother Sharif, uh, we missed you at this morning's uh, Rahmania Umrah uh, group breakfast. But uh, shukran for your comment and hopefully next time, inshallah. Uh, but a very good comment as well. You know, even as children, I think what we are saying is, you know, because mm-hmm. of the lack of emotional intelligence, intelligence and the way children are evolving, you know, it could come, you know, down to that. But there's an interesting one from 9697 that says, can a school refuse admission to a child for grade R because he or she is turning six later in the year as opposed to being born on the 30th of June? The reason being that they may not be emotionally ready without any kind of emotional readiness assessment. Is it legal for a school to have a requirement like that? And that comes from Munira. So very big shukran to Munira and all our listeners for their participation to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Maybe, yes, here I know the, the school going age, uh, there's, there's two parts. There's the technical part and then I think there's the other part of is there in fact in, uh, an emotional readiness assessment being done? Shukran Ridwan. The answer is yes. Um, occupational therapists would then do that and look at um, the emotional readiness of a child in conjunction with the educational <laughs> psychologist. So it's not an isolated <coughs> test. And we'll look at how the child obviously functions in social environments, ask certain questions, etc. and so on. The technical part of the question, Ridwan, is yes, they can refuse admission if the child turns late, um, six later on in the year. Because um, the same within carry once they go to grade R around, you know, you have to be, um, math, grade one, you have to be seven. <coughs> 
for admission, etc. However, there are schools who do allow, um, if the child is either in July or August, they will still allow admission. But it would be very different for every school as the admission criteria is set by the SGB and this would then vary around the admission policy and then the criteria for admission, Ridwan. Okay, shukran for that. Uh, Dr. we've got about six minutes left before mm. we go. Uh, we have to wrap up our segment. Uh, any further comments on our discussion? Ridwan, I think many listeners would say, well, you know, that sounds good in theory. Uh-huh. They always do that. Mm. And they say, well, in practice, that can't happen. <laughs> and I want to share with you an interesting example. We always say to our teachers, and, and many of them do it. They say at the beginning of every year, you set up a few ground rules. And so you ask the children what should not happen in this class or what should happen in the class. Now, that's a standard process. And I'm hoping every single educator from grade R yeah. right up to matrix still does that. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's so much benefit in that. The problem with that is sometimes we set up a range of rules that has no real meaning for the children. Mm. Even though they say, nobody must steal my stuff, or we must greet each other when we come in, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or we must, they will say all those things, and you put it up on a notice board, and then the year still goes very badly. But what if you ask your children, any child, how would you like to feel in this class with me go. this year? Mm. Just think about it. Mm-hmm. Don't give me your rules and regulations. Don't tell me what I should and shouldn't so do. So you shouldn't have those classrooms. You forget know, forget for a minute the classrooms. The class rules we have in the board and they come in that says no bubblegum no chewing, bubble no, chewing talking. no talking. You know, we've got that in the classroom. We've got that in the classroom. So what you're saying is the different aspect of this I, I want to just introduce the idea of approaching that very process in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you ask the children just to think about how would you like to feel in this classroom. Now they may be shocked initially and they may look at you like you're going crazy. Um, uh, but you give them time. And see, just for this entire period, you can sit in groups, mm. you can make a noise, you can write it down. How would you like to feel? And I bet you they will all say, I don't want to feel stupid in this class. I don't want people to laugh at me when mm. I ask questions. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to call me names. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to make me feel like that. And once you have those feelings out, you can translate that into a rule. Of course, don't steal. But the, and then the I won't. link between the rule and that emotion, which everybody shares, the bully in the class will say, "I don't want people laughing at me, just because I'm the biggest in the class." Exactly. And if they don't laugh at me, the chances are I won't bully them, mm. Mm. probably yeah. in the course of yeah. the year. The poor child who doesn't have much to bring to school will say, I'd like people to share with me. Mm. And that could be sharing your pencils, could be sharing your rubber, but it also means sharing your food. Food, yeah. And so asking children what is it that they would like to feel like in your class. Mm. And when they say, Miss, I'd like to feel happy, you can ask them what will make you You're happy. happy. Mm. And through that exercise, even if it takes 45 minutes, it's a small investment True. for the rest of the year. Mm. So my appeal to teachers is to take the feelings of the learners very, very seriously, uh, to, seriously and to heart. Mm. You know, I just want to share an, an example with you. I have a friend who's currently a professor in a major university in America, came to visit in December. And we were talking about the good old days where we were in matric. And I asked him, yes, my age done much in his life. I said, who was the most important teacher that in your life at school? Because we wanted to assess the good teachers from the bad teacher. Mm. And he said, my matric 
teacher in English. Now remember, we are an Afrikaans-speaking class. I was not all the same coincidentally. Wow. <laughs> and he said, he said to me, and I said, what about the teacher? He said, she just got us. She knew the relationship, the support, the understanding, the empathy was just there that year that I couldn't find in any one of the other teachers who were good teachers. Mm. They knew the subject matter. But this one, I, no felt, he says, mm. I felt she just got me and that was my motivation. That was my encouragement in my matric year. What if we can say that about every single teacher, teacher. from the very beginning to the very end of 12 years, that every teacher just got Made me. An and I well, think that's what we need to encourage mm. amongst our teachers. Yeah, no, shukran for those encouraging words, Doctor. And I'm sure, you know, all our educators are there. They have taken note, you know, of the concerns and maybe, you know, the, the words of encouragement from Dr. Yusuf Lalkan. Yasira, maybe just a minute, very quickly, a comment from your side. Shukran, Ridwan. I think we must, you know, we, we're watching all these kind of funny series on, on, on TV and and, you know, we uh, we become accustomed to the fact that things can't feel like, like AI, you know, artificial intelligence. And I think that is what we're kind of promoting in a very warped and, you know, obscured way is that our children tend to be emotionless. And when I'm emotionless, I will not respond appropriately. Um, and the phone is the only thing I interact with. Instead of having another person being my soundboard... A phone is my soundboard or technology. Um, so we must be very careful around how we address emotional intelligence, especially when we're saying what emotions are good or what emotions are bad. I don't think there are things like that. I think we should look at how do we respond to situations when I feel uncomfortable regarding a certain emotion. Okay, shukran for that. Yes, and then just to remind our listeners as well that the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM, uh, 91.3 FM studio is having uh, in celebration the courage and tenacity of our cancer survivors, a cancer survivor breakfast. Uh, this will be on the 28th of October 2015. The venue is the Alhambra restaurant in Lansdowne, the time 9.30, and the price is 130 rand per ticket. And I'm sure all our presenters have indicated already that if you look at our studio, uh, it's all dressed in pink and white. Uh, all, you know, in also in line with the dress code on that particular day. Now, Dr. Shukran, very much for your time. And really, as always, has been a pleasure having you in studio. Just a reminder, our listeners, that if you would like to make contact with Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist, you can do so during office hours on the number 021-637-6831. That is 637-6831. Uh, Dr. Shukran, very much. And uh, I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran, Jazeera.